Welcome to Real Life Podcast Conversations from Life Square. We invite you to dive deeper into the more difficult topics of faith. Have you struggled to find understanding in biblical topics not often taught about from the pulpit? We may not have all the answers, but we are committed to the ongoing conversations as we search God's Word together. Your hosts are Mark and Lynn Cooper. We're local pastors. This show is our attempt to answer questions in greater depth than a sermon allows. We look forward to the dialogue and conversations your questions will bring. You can email us at reallife at visitlife.org. This podcast will cover many biblical topics, some fun, some serious, and some will simply pique your interest. This podcast is sponsored by Life Foursquare Church and is produced by our media team. So today we're going to talk a little bit about repentance and really just open up this conversation on what repentance is, what it means, what it looks like, how we actively participate in it, and whether or not our idea of repentance is all that it needs to be. Like, is it something that right? I think repentance is one of the topics that we hear that you should repent, but I don't know that good teaching or examples of repentance are really uh, shown in the life of a disciple. And so we wanted to really touch on some of the differences between forgiveness and repentance. Uh, what are some of the biblical models? I, I think the current church as a whole Somewhere along the way, we remove the the spiritual significance and really the maturity of those that walk in repentance. We've we've focused on the cause of repentance far greater than the act and the spiritual uh, nature of repentance, which is a very sad thing because um, most people probably couldn't tell you what they've repented from lately no and um a lot of times what we see you know when we talk about concepts like repentance repentance is a biblical concept that we see both old testament and new testament and it's important to begin to define what we mean when we use the word repentance because you're not you're not going to really find any christians that don't understand the word and they're to them they have good understanding of it and they probably also assume that they're practicing it in a fullness, even though, like you said, I believe what we're seeing right. is a depletion or a diminishment of the the, the real understanding would, of repentance. Yes, I would suggest that we have a lot of Christian disciples, Christ followers that practice forgiveness, walking in forgiveness of sin, but not repentance of sin. And, and what is the difference? I think we could all give maybe the textbook definition of repentance. Why don't you do that for us? If, if it was Sunday school, 9 a.m., tell me, how would you define repentance? So the, the textbook definition of repentance would be something like this. It, it, it would suggest that I identify and recognize and take ownership of a sin in my life. And then I decide to disagree with that sin or walk away from that sin and pursue Jesus or pursue righteousness. To avoid the sin, the first step in that is recognition of the sin. Second step in that is a, a disagreement with the sin or a rejection of the sin. And the third step in that 
is the active, the actively walking out a seeking of forgiveness from the Lord and a resistance of that sin in the future. Now, that is a very Christian definition of repentance. If, if you were to look in the Old Testament to understand the Abrahamic definition of repentance, it simply is this, to turn away or to make a radical change from one's life course. As in Abraham practiced repentance when he left uh, his, his home in Ur and went to a place God was going to show him. That was a radical life change. And so the root, the base understanding of repent or repentance is to make a radical change. Now, the reasons for that radical change can be many, many different reasons. However, we don't necessarily always understand that. If you look through the Gospels, you see the same base definition. But now because of the introduction of Jesus Christ, it carries with it also some deeper understanding, some deeper understanding. necessities. It's, it carries with it an unconditional surrender to the will of God, to God as my sovereign. And so Jesus adds to this understanding of a drastic life change, but now it, that's not enough of repentance. Now I have to submit and fully surrender to the Lord. The best picture of this is Jesus going to the Jordan to be baptized by John, and John was baptizing in a baptism of repentance. Well, did Jesus need to repent of anything? Was he? Did he have any sin in his life that he needed to repent of? No, Jesus was without sin, yet we still see him participating in a baptism of repentance. And it's at that moment that he is fully surrendering his life to the ministry that God is calling him to. He's commissioned into that ministry by the Holy Spirit, and you see a drastic life change, right? Immediately after this moment at the Jordan, Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days worth of testing. Okay, so this is what repentance really looks like to us. And it's something that we need to grapple with today even. Like, is that how I do repentance when I recognize sin? And to walk out the repentance really looks like an understanding of of the testing that will come in that. Um, We know that that the enemy will come to kill, steal, and destroy the work that the Lord is doing in our lives. We need to be actively aware that that will happen in the process of repentance. Repentance isn't a prayer. No. No. And, and I believe that is probably the greatest misunderstanding of most um, Christ followers or churchgoers. Um, forgiveness is a prayer. Asking for forgiveness is what happens in that conversation, that prayer with the Lord. Forgiveness is what happens in a conversation with others. And yet it is only a small portion of what repentance is. And so we have to recognize the differences between the two. James talks pretty clearly about um, forgiveness in the sense of how we need to to operate in forgiveness, not only with one another, but with the Lord. And, and there's something powerful that happens when we confess one to another. When we bring our sin to another person, what it does is it not only brings it to the light, which we know 
is an instruction from the Lord. But it brings accountability outside of just myself and God. Now, I'm a Bible-believing, God-fearing woman. Um, I believe I could say that pretty, pretty confidently about myself. However, there are many contracts that I've tried to keep that have just been between me and God, and I, I don't do a great job. Um, I generally need to bring someone else into that contract for it to be something that I'm really able to be accountable to. And I believe that's part of what God's instruction is here in James. And, and what he says is that healing comes when we confess our sins one to another. And I believe that we have a lot of church people that are forgiven but not healed. And I believe that we have a lot of church people that want to repent and walk in repentance. And they've, in fact, I believe, still are bondage to things that they are constantly asking forgiveness for. And it's simply because they don't know how to walk in repentance that they're still bound by those things. And so when we can engage in the fullness of repentance, I believe that we also see a place of freedom take place in our life. That's really good. So let's let's talk about the multiple different relationships that we 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 participate in as we follow Christ. We we each have a relationship with God. And then we have relationships with other people who are <clears throat> also brothers and sisters in Christ. And then we have relationships with people who aren't yet brothers and sisters in Christ. So repentance really plays its role in our relationship with God. There's, there, there's not an, a need or a necessity for there to be repentance. Like, like for example, if... This would never happen. But if I were to offend my wife or if I were to sin against my wife, that was a joke. Of course, that happens all the time. I'm sorry. But if I were to offend my wife, um, I need to repair with her, but I need to ask forgiveness from her. I need to restore that relationship with her. But the thing I need to do most is understand that that when we were married, I entered covenant with the Lord. I, I didn't necessarily enter covenant with my wife. I entered covenant with the mm -hmm. Lord pertaining to my wife, including my wife. Right. And so the sin I, I commit is a sin against the Lord. And the repentance needs to take place in that relationship. And the forgiveness needs to happen within the relationship that I pr practice and participate in with my wife. And so what we have to do is understand um, – how does how does one start to get to a place where I can really walk out repentance? What does the Bible say about needing us to to feel that sorrow, that anguish, that that uh, regret over the sins that we participate in, that leads to repentance or that carries us through that process of repentance? In Romans um, two verse four, there's a verse that shares with us a little bit about how we start to grow that understanding and that love that leads us through that process of repentance. In verse 4, it says, Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? You see, repentance is about turning away from that sin, and, and how do we get to a place where that's our natural course of action? When I identify sin, I repent of it. It has to do with the recognition of God's love in our life. I would say that people struggle with repentance because they struggle with understanding the love of God. 
And when they haven't fully engaged that relationship with the Lord, repentance is going to be out of reach for them. And I think that there are so many places that we're going to be able to go in this conversation. And that's the beauty of of this next small series, because how we receive forgiveness growing up, how we were corrected growing up by a parent or by a teacher, by an authority, greatly impacts our view of repentance and forgiveness. And in fact, we're probably compensating uh, in some form or fashion because of those experiences. And so we have to recognize that all of that is a part of our perspective. And we have to lay that aside and, and look scripturally at what the Lord is asking us to do as we walk out forgiveness and repentance in our lives. I believe that it is a needed topic for this season in the church, uh, in the local church, and in the world, that we be people that know how to walk in repentance, walk by hearing the voice of the Lord. And here is a truth that you can know, that when you silence God's voice, and often that happens in disobedience and lack of repentance, and you're not hearing God's voice anymore. We can't be a people that are walking by the Spirit. And and so as we're able to practice the spiritual discipline of forgiveness and repentance, we really are able to walk more closely and intimately with the Lord, which is exactly what this world needs the body of Christ to be doing right now. Yeah, you know, that... that um clarity with the Lord and the ability to hear him and to receive from him comes from obedience. Um, it comes from a submitting, like, like the definition of repentance communicates, a total submission to the will of God, a total recognition of his sovereignty in our life. Um, and, and listen to me, that isn't always connected to sin. It is It is one of the primary ways that we silence the, the voice of God in our life. But as believers in Christ, a lot of times, we, in, and like Lynn said, we, we feed off of our experiences in childhood. When, when we had a parent that was overly angry or communicated um, disappointment quickly, or, or we, just, we just saw how our failures damaged that relationship. You know, we, 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 our dad got angry, so we're afraid God's going to be angry with us. And, um, that kind of stuff is what I'm talking about. That, that kind of experience in our, in our early life, it isn't an accurate picture of how God responds. Jesus paid for the sin of the world before you ever accepted Christ as your savior. And so the issue of sin is dealt with already. However, the issue of your heart isn't dealt with already. Right. That's Absolutely. what we have to deal with. It's an issue of where is my heart going to land? The sin's been paid for, right? Philippians addresses that perfectly as as we need to be processing the scripture and we'll we'll be able to address it over the next several weeks in Philippians 3:13. And it says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me 
heavenward in Christ Jesus. And forgetting is not not dealing with. We'll talk about what he really yeah. means when he says forgetting next week. We'll talk about um, this idea because so many think that it's saying just forget it and move on. Just look ahead and keep going. No, 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 no. That That is a anti-repentance that is that works against you in every single way it doesn't fix anything we will talk about what it means to walk through good repentance and walk in a place of health and wholeness with the lord so thank you for joining us today we would love to hear your thoughts about today's topic you may send an email at real life at visitlife.org or give us your feedback real life is a weekly podcast ministry of life foursquare church in decatur illinois We hope you have a great week and look forward to continuing our conversation next time.